coming to you from the M&M Exterior Studio in Nooksville, Virginia, this is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now. Welcome to episode three of Fleshing It Out with Samantha Spittle. I'm here with Kate from Flourish with Kate. And um, she has a funky little ad agency. And she's a media expert, ad expert, life expert. (laughs) (laughs) I love her and I love chatting with her. And I'm so honored that she's here today. So thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. I am honored to be here, and I love our chats, too. I look forward to them. Um, If I remember correctly, you are probably one of the first three people I told outside of my family that I was going to go ahead and launch my own business. Yes, and I was so excited I was, too. You made me feel like I was ready to roll. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, we've had some good chats that should have been maybe an hour and lasted three hours or easily so that happens thank you and just like you sharing with me I shared this whole podcast idea with you and you've been helping me for sure flush it out so thank you I was so excited when you mentioned some of the people that we know in common Mm -hmm. and and the the be the change oh yeah foundation and I was so gung-ho about you doing it um and I'm glad that it took you down this path because you literally looked at me and said, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing there, but I'll meet some neat people. I'll have some good conversations and I'll have a good time. Yeah. And the next time I saw you, you were like, I have this idea. Aww. I'm going for it. And I thought, you know, that's a great idea. You should go for that. Oh, thank you. So, yeah, it's it's neat how that all kind of interlaced. It is. Everything's kind of, yeah packed together, you know, or like one thing on top of another. So, well, why don't you introduce yourself? I just kind of gave a real casual bio. Of no, you, that but... was a great introduction uh, and and accurate, I, I guess. Um, <laughs> my name is Kate Sprague Bjorkland. I've been married for about a year uh, or a little over a year, actually. Um, I do have a funky little ad agency called Flourish with Kate. And I decided to go out on my own because for a long time, I had been a captive salesperson for publishers or various companies Mm -hmm. for their financial instruments, things like that. And what I kept hearing over and over again from business owners is that no one was there to represent them. Mm -hmm. They were afraid to go to uh, bona fide credentialed ad agencies because Mm -hmm. they thought that they would be big and I guess maybe Mad (laughs) Men-ish. But I had some relationships and they were quick to trust um, that I would would transition into this new role that I was creating for myself. And there were a lot of people that were behind me. So it was a natural next step for me. I wasn't wasn't happy being a captive salesperson. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wasn't happy with the way I saw certain businesses being treated. Advertising is expensive, but there are things that businesses can be doing to build a budget mm-hmm. by building their business without the spend, yeah. per and se. And that's kind of when our, you know, we connected through business life. But when we talked, what I appreciated is that, um, and I'm like a verbal processor, let me throw all these thoughts at you. And I felt like you were good at kind of taking all of my thoughts, whether it was for my business life, whether it was for these creative ideas, but kind of making sense out of it. And so whether that turned into legit advertising dollars being spent or was just, hey, here's the next step to take on your journey, you're very good at helping kind of work through that. So thank you. I think your talents are being used. Thank you. I enjoy it. Sometimes I, I can contribute a lot. And sometimes it's just more a matter of handholding and saying, you've got this. Mm-hmm. You, you, one of the craziest things that happened to me recently uh, was from a, a husband and wife who have an invention. Ooh. And it is a cool invention. But he walked up to me after a presentation and said, you know, I don't have a pretty thing to put on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I don't have a pretty food dish or a food truck or a a, a logo or these wonderful, cute things that I see on that Instagram aesthetic, mm-hmm. does that mean I can't have my own social media? Mm. And I said, do you want your own social media? 
And he said, well, yes, I think it's kind of fun. Yeah. And I said, what do you do? Well, he starts telling me about this really cool invention. And I said, you're like a rock star. <laughs> Not only did you invent something, but you figured out how to monetize it and share it with other people. Like that's... Yeah. That's about as That's cool as it the gets. Dream. Everyone wants to invent something. And he goes, yeah, but it's not pretty. You can't take pictures. And I said, then go silly. Go have fun with this thing. Yeah. Like it is kind of a super brainy uh, thing that he has. And I told him, you know, totally pocket protector out. Take the invention to various uh, businesses that you that you check on. Oh yeah. And you know, where's the guy now? Where's you know, where's yeah. my invention today? Yeah. And you know, have fun with it. And he just. He looked so happy. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, he should be happy. It's yeah. a cool thing that he did. And he's helping other businesses um, yeah, with his yeah. invention. But it's funny how something that's simple to you, like, <laughs> boom, there's this idea. But to him, is life changing. Like, I think that's what's valuable in friendships and relationships is that, once again, it goes back to the whole sharing your thoughts and struggles and things like that. Because it's like to someone, boom, you just think of it and it's done, you know. So... Yeah, good... I have to get a little bit better at holding. I know back. you do need to hold that from a business <laughs> sense. Yeah, you definitely. But need to I, watch that, I but... really, and that goes back to the name flourish. Yeah. I really enjoy seeing people take off. Yeah, it's 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 affirming, I, yeah. and it it it's really exciting to see them down the road when they're doing their thing. Mm -hmm. um, so it's hard for me to hold it back and try to monetize everything. Yeah. Um, but I've also learned that when I when I'm able to give and just let it go into the universe, mm -hmm. that something presents itself. Something mm -hmm. another opportunity comes in yes. that is like, here, take my money. I yes. like there's no there's not going to be a negotiation. I want you to take my yes. money. Um, I think it's the it's it's the abundance mentality versus the scarcity mentality. And when you have the closed fist and you worry about every little thing and every little. And I did, you know, yeah, for such a long time um, that it was it it was hard to let that go. Mm -hmm. uh, but as soon as I did, I started to meet more people that were really in my corner, mm -hmm. more than I even knew. Yeah, and they want good things to happen, not just for my family, but for me yeah. personally, for me professionally. Um, and you know, in the end, not I, I've come to the the belief that not everything is meant to be monetized. Yeah. Um, sometimes you really just have to share because people will share back when they have the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And the opportunity of providing someone with a good reference or mm -hmm. letting people know, wow, she she really helped me grow my business exponentially. Mm -hmm. Just by by believing in them yeah. sometimes, is a, it's enough for us to move forward. Mm -hmm. I love what you said about the believing in you because one of my um, – happy little memories of your and I's like beginning of our friendship. I remember, so we first sat down. So you, I had done my five minute spiel at one of our networking meetings together. And I had basically told my life story and how I got to this point in five minutes. I think I probably went to like eight minutes or something. Um, but, you know, it was talked about my journey of, you know, college and then going up to New Jersey, sleeping on my friend's couch and living in my friend's, you know, her bedroom when she moved off to New York. And, yes. you know, to me, it was like this, I don't know, it's just my story. It's not that big of a deal. It wasn't anything impressive. Like, hello, I just slept on a couch. And so I remember we were talking and that's about the time that you were starting with the business idea. And you said, you know, I'm, I was listening to your story and, you know, I was so inspired. And I remember looking at you like you were crazy, like what? <laughs> like, cause I slept on a couch. Okay. <laughs> but it, it, it was one of those reminders that like, oh my gosh, your story. And this is what Don and I talk about changing your story. And so something that to me was so, I don't know, for lack of a better word, like pathetic, like, oh, I just, you know, everyone else is after college, like move into, you know, getting these jobs with apartments in Arlington and everything. And, and then I was like sleeping on a couch. Like to me, it felt not great. But you helped me see that, you know, like, no, that's good. And, you know, that was inspiring to you for what you needed to hear or whatever. And so it was like, oh, it gave me that little feeling of like, oh, well, thank you. You know, isn't it, and isn't it funny how we um, we really don't value our personal experiences mm -hmm. until someone else sees them? Yes, it happens all the time. Yeah. And um, it's hard to stop thinking that way. It's yeah. hard to start... I, I don't think that I really 
started to embrace my personal experiences mm. until I had my daughters mm -hmm. because, you know, nothing will make you braver, faster in a doctor's office getting a shot than when your toddler is looking at you. Oh, yeah. You will not yep. cry. You will not flinch. Yep. You will get through it. Yep. Um, so there were a lot of things that I, I, I knew that I had to change about my behavior. I didn't want my mm. daughters to spend a great deal of time not mm. appreciating who they were yeah. or... Th I just remember being in, in school thinking, well, I'm not as pretty as this girl. Mm -hmm. I'm not as fast a runner. I didn't mm -hmm. get the presidential award in yeah. fifth grade in PE. Mm -hmm. um, and I, d I despised myself for mm -hmm. not being more capable yeah. or more athletic or, yeah. uh, or whatever it was. So I stopped saying those things out mm -hmm. loud. Yes. When exactly. I realized that my kids were hearing it. Exactly. And you don't want to pass that on to them. You so. don't. And then you don't want to do that when you're out in the business world mm -hmm. either. You you want to help people believe in what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you you want to be genuine about it, of yeah. course. But yeah. um, there are so many people that are just sort of bumping along. And then when you get down to it, they're not happy. They're not mm -hmm. in a career that they really love. That they're yeah. not they're not passionate about it. What would you really be doing? Well, honestly, I I would be in a garden. Mm -hmm. That's what I would really be doing. Yeah. Um, but I have been doing marketing for forever, mm -hmm. and I love when the light bulbs go off in people's yeah. heads about that feels natural to me. I could do that. Yeah. Um, I like what you said that with um, you know, because not everyone's afforded the opportunity or whatever because the light. You know, it's like you don't necessarily always get to work in your passion, but finding something you're passionate about. So for you, gardening. Like, I want to talk more about that, too, because <laughs> Kate gave an amazing talk yesterday. And um, how it's just it's one of those things that when you hear someone talk about, I think you are passionate about marketing because of what you just said. You're passionate about them having that moment. So you found the passion within the business. And when you talk about gardening, I remember we talked before doing the podcast about talking about gardening and um, Kate saw my front yard and the weeds and whatnot. <laughs> and um, I'm just not really there yet. But listening to yesterday, and I know I'm not the only one that felt this way, you inspired others to either want to garden or to find something that makes us feel as passionate about something as you did. So thank you for sharing oh, that's that. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that that happened. Yes. <laughs> well, that's why that's kind of what the podcast, like if people just talk about what they're passionate about, you, even if it's not your thing, you get something from hearing someone walk through. I mean, I feel like the buzzword is like live out their truth, you know, like, <laughs> but you know, do something. Talk that your enjoy. talk, walk yes, your walk. <laughs> exactly. So can you share more about how I think you're about garden, like just kind of gardening in your life and what it means to you? Well, I got started because I was looking for something that would um, be a creative outlet and and stimulate my own mind. I was a stay-at-home mom. I was very alone. I had a toddler who was very brainy, and I had a six-month-old who was very lumpy. <laughs> And squishy, <laughs> sitting there smiling. I just, I wanted to find something that we could engage, mm -hmm. but that wasn't over their heads, that mm -hmm. wasn't crazy, busy, difficult. Um, and I was really bumbling along. I had no idea what I was doing. And there wasn't Pinterest when... If there was, <laughs> we were on dial-up. Oh, gosh, so... yeah. It wasn't happening. <laughs> so um, I was inspired by a memory that I had as a six or seven-year-old at the Smithsonian looking at uh, the cutouts by Matisse. And I thought, wow, how cool that I was, I remember being overwhelmed by the sheer size of it. And what made you think of that, by the way? I thought about that yesterday because I loved that you thought of that memory and I, then used it. I really was just trying to figure out what on earth would have kept my attention when I was a small child. Okay. And I knew that I couldn't go back as far as two and a half years old. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think I could. But I just started to think about things that's, that were standout moments. Mm -hmm. um, certainly grandparents and little vignettes that I, that yeah. I could capture in my mind's eye. But that particular moment of feeling small really stood out as something that I could recreate for my girls. Yeah. But in a, in a happy, joyful way, yeah. um, not in a way to intimidate or, mm -hmm. but to inspire wonder. That's yeah. really what I was looking for was a way to spark wonder wow. and wonderment. And rather than feeling small and overwhelmed, I wanted them to feel 
amazed. Yeah. So my only criteria uh, at that point was just to find things that bloomed at 24 to 36 inches that would be over their faces or in their faces. Wow. And, um, and that's, that is really what got me started. And then I just sort of got addicted to what I was feeling out there. Mm. Um, I went through, um, a two week period where I lost two family members and mm-hmm. found out that a third was, was slowly dying. Um, I was studying for my insurance licensing at the time. I had just started a new job and it was pouring down rain and I was out in the garden doing something because it's all that I knew. Mm. It was, it was the right place for me to be. Mm-hmm. And that would kind of become a theme throughout that year that mm-hmm. um, when I was stuck in my stuff, mm-hmm. um, I would go dig dirt. I would go plant mm-hmm. something. I would go yeah. figure something out. Mm-hmm. So not to belabor that, um, I realized that I got something out of it that kept me going. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a, a, a time later that year where it got very, very depressing for me, very dark for me. And um, I, I knew that for the girl's sake, I had to be present. And so I sort of vested my, my passion, um, even in the dark days of winter, in you've just got to wait for the springtime. You've just got to get back out there. That was, you said that yesterday. And I wrote down um, to have faith in the dark because that's something when we're – Because if you, you know, I think everyone can relate to being at a dark place in their life, you know, and kind of like the poop pants story. If not, (laughs) if not, if it hasn't happened yet, it's when, like, we're all going to have those days. Um, Not to make light of it by any means, but, you know, kind of, you know. You're right. (laughs) You know, but that's honestly because... not to switch gears too much, but I, when I went through my headache kind of stuff a f- couple of years ago, I was in a dark, dark place, yeah. anxiety like I'd never had before. And, you know, I always felt like I was an empathetic person. Like I could kind of relate, you know, like, oh, what you're, you know, I want to hear what you're going through. But I couldn't truly relate till I went through it. And I think before that, I kind of thought, oh, I don't struggle with that. I don't have that issue. And it's like, oh. We don't struggle until it's a struggle. Exactly. And it's these are just human emotions and all it is is how we're handling them. And so when life gets you where you're at a point where it's too much. And so I just loved that having faith in the dark because it's almost like you're going to get there. So you have to know ahead of time, like when this hits, wait for the spring. I've got to just. It, it did change my outlook mm-hmm. from that point on. It was I, I don't get terribly depressed. Mm-hmm. Some people say, oh, the days are getting shorter. It's yeah. so depressing. And I think, meh, it's just another growing cycle. Yeah. It's, it's seasonal, just, it, like riding the waves of life. Yep. It's just... This oh, so just, this bush is going to die back mm-hmm. and this one is going to completely disappear from sight and I'm going to forget where I planted what <laughs> and it'll be a nice surprise yeah, in the end, when you it know? Comes up. Um, and that, that I think that's the other part of it. We, we don't surprise ourselves. Uh-huh. And this is one of those things that I do that just, mm. like, in the spring... I, I have to look at stuff and go, who put that there? I don't remember even buying that plant or planting that plant. You said about the birds helping you yeah, <laughs> or or maybe screwing you up either way. But the, you know. I, I find myself very, very confused. Yeah. But then really funny, cool, thrilling stuff starts yeah. to happen. And I realized after a while that you know, if you've got goldfinches that are, mm-hmm. you know, like little buzz saws on your coneflowers, they're probably not going to stay put. Those coneflowers are going to migrate to where the goldfinches find cover mm-hmm. and safety in colder weather or a rainstorm or whatever. Um, and so I would find my coneflowers around the corner and on the other side of the yeah. house and think, I. I'm sure I didn't do that. Yeah. Um, and it actually took talking to my neighbor who sits on a bench in his yard and just sort of watches what's going on in in my yard. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, I used to have all these goldfinches in my yard and now they're all over in yours. Mm. Uh, But I realized that's who was doing the gardening. That's who's been planting seeds Mm -hmm. around the corner. Um, And that's actually my favorite stretch in the garden is uh, where the lilies and the coneflowers are Mm -hmm. because I had nothing to do with it. Like they just took over and said, this is what we're doing now. But you started it, and I wrote down that others are on your team even when you don't know it. Well, that's a great 
That's yeah. a cool way to look at that. <laughs> because when you get something started and you they're on your team, like they're supporting you, they're they wanted you know, to help. Exactly. And this they grew your garden. Here. Like they grew it. You had planted in the front and now it wraps around your it house. Does. And then maybe, you know, they planted those seeds and then you said, Oh, I should plant more over there. I should put a hydrangea over there and yes. it won't bloom for four years. But that's okay. But gonna, I'm gonna be patient. <laughs> I'm gonna patience, man. That's one thing. So yeah, I was like, you know what? We need to remember that others are always on our team. So I, like that. I wanted to revisit something we talked about when I arrived, yeah. which is your meadow garden. Oh, yeah. And you... Well, wait. You <laughs> called it a meadow garden. Yeah. I think I need to explain to readers what it really, <laughs> I, what it really is, though. <laughs> it's an area of trees we planted that we just do not mow because it's tons of trees. And they're like little... They start out as little baby and they're still pretty young. And so it's just huge space of just whatever is growing. So I like Meadow Garden much better, but... I visited a place um, in England, the name of which escapes me, but it's a a huge garden. Mm -hmm. But um, they have these meadow gardens that, you know, the only mowing is the pathway through them. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I am so inspired by those, you know, this whole idea of, I'm going to do nothing except create a path. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so inspired by those. We tried to do it at my house mm-hmm. and like Ben just could not handle the um, the overgrowth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, he's got his blacksmithing forge back there and he needed, oh, yeah. you know, he needs some things to be tidy. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, I'm actually, I have meadow garden envy right now. <laughs> So funny. <laughs> I call it weeds. You call it meadow and garden. You know, so it, I like it that. Feeds, Change the perspective. It feeds <laughs> the species around here that need it. Yeah. Um, therefore, it is it is something that you are giving back. Woo-hoo. And, um, and you know, it would be really, really easy to just, just go get wildflower seed uh-huh. or let me send over some mixtures that I have started to pull together mm-hmm. and just start throwing them in there. That is my level of gardening. So That's, I could do that. <laughs> Because I discovered that we did a huge garden a few years ago. And I mean huge because we were super motivated, fresh food, and my parents might do it. And we we put it all in. And then time went by and it got so overrun. And it was like, yeah, you need to weed it. And I was like, oh, oh, gosh, no, yeah, I can't. That's, that's not, too much. That's not everybody's favorite thing. But I told you guys yesterday when I'm struggling with a problem, yeah. I start pulling weeds yeah. and I name the problem every time I pull the weed. I like that. Um, and, and that was the other part about the gardening that I thought was a re- revelation to me is that you know, I, I, I believe in spirituality. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the creator is an amazing mm-hmm. entity, mm-hmm. but I don't really enjoy the conversation or the dynamic that um, your relationship with the creator is different or better or not as good because you go to a church or oh, a yeah. synagogue or a, yeah. a temple. So those things don't really resonate for me. Mm-hmm. But when I'm out gardening and doing Mm -hmm. my thing and thinking through things, sometimes I actually have to say, Kate, shut up, Mm -hmm. like shut your mind Mm -hmm. and just listen, stop talking out loud and, and listen. Um, and you know, it sounds creepy and weird, but I don't, I don't think that what I'm doing in the garden is so far different from, from others who might pray the rosary or the worry beads. I actually, I was thinking the exact same thing is that we spend so much time um, you know, thinking and worrying and, you know, it's almost like whatever your faith is, you know, it always comes down, I feel like to praying, meditating, have, you know, following your intuition, all those things. But the bottom line is, I feel like it's being quiet, shutting up, you know, I can't exactly. <laughs> I, I had to take a six week class to learn how to turn my brain off. Um, and it was like mindfulness and it was amazing, but I literally had to do that. And, but that's when you were talk with talking about gardening and pulling the weeds. Like I do feel like it's a time where you just you're focused on something and you just can't. I don't know. It just I feel like it allows you space to be quiet. And not everyone like so for me. Um, and I don't know if it has to do with my headaches or what. But for me, it's like laying down and I like listening to something that helps me kind of shut my brain off. But um, who knows? One day it could be gardening. But I think if with your personality, that's for you gardening. It kind of allows you to do something. And because I was thinking before with pulling the weeds that when something's bothering us, 
99.9% of the time, and that's not um, researched. That's just, you know, I made that up like on the time. great analytic Perfect. Back that up. You can Google that. <laughs> um, most of the time, we can't do anything about things. Um, you know, it's uh, we talked yesterday in a meeting we were in about what bothers us. What do we do when something bothers us about people? And the overwhelming response was that uh, it's not really them. It's me. Like, I kind of, I need to... I need to work on it because we can't change other people. And so I thought, man, with pulling the weeds, that gives you – you can't do anything probably, most likely. Whatever the issue is, you can't do anything about it. But literally pulling the weeds and naming them, you feel like you're doing something. But in actuality, you're not. You're allowing – whether it's prayer, meditation, time, silent, you know, all that stuff, you're allowing that to to give you space to that. You're giving space to that. So I just thought that was really powerful. I think a, a couple of people – were shocked when I said that I can easily spend eight to 12 hours on a Saturday and a Sunday. Oh, my face. We're not on camera right now, but my <laughs> face now was the same as then. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I have to become physically exhausted before yeah. I can be silent. Wow. And that's that's how I do it. Yeah. And I, I, I realized that two years ago. Mm-hmm. I realized that that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a picture that I have... Uh, I had taken off my chucks uh-huh. and all of my garden implements are on my old crappy porch before we got the nicer new one. <laughs> and I was sitting in a chair in the yard and I just took a picture of that because it represented an entire day and I literally could not move. My neighbor, the one that sits on his bench, came over and said, are you okay? It was a hot day. Oh, yeah. You've been at it for 10 hours. Do you need water? Do you need a saline solution. Mm-hmm. Thank God Charlie is um, a firefighter. Oh. And I said, no, 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 I'm okay. I'm just like, I'm finally at a place where I can be still. And he said, okay, I'll come and check and see if you're still out here in a half an hour. You should, you should really go. <laughs> that was nice of him. What would you say your garden means to other people? Because the garden mm. is huge to you. And, you know, we kind of have some pull away, t- take away nuggets with that, but like you did something for you and what have you seen it do for others that you didn't think? I think the biggest surprise reaction was when um, uh, a business owner on Main Street in Marshall asked me if she could have flowers from my garden for her bridal bouquet. Mm. That absolutely set me over the moon. Mm-hmm. Um that's pretty special. I have seen, you know, groups of three or four ladies that are just going on their evening constitutional, taking a walk through town, and they end up standing there for a second talking mm-hmm. about, oh, my grandmother used to grow those, mm-hmm. or I remember this, or that's an heirloom something. And I'm like, I don't think it is, but that's, if you're having a moment, <laughs> you have your you moment. Have your moment. Yeah. Um, I can tell that some of the joggers slow down. I can tell yeah. that kids are a little overwhelmed um, in in exactly the way that I wanted my daughters to be. Uh, There are pictures of my former neighbor with her little boy, Teller, and him in my garden was like the sweetest. He would come over and, you know, play with his plastic shovels while I was planting my tulips or whatever. Red ones, because squirrels don't seem to like them. Oh, yeah. Good tip. And, uh... (laughs) He would just, you know, bang along right beside me and she'd say, oh, no, 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 you, you know, get out of Miss Kate's way. And, and I'd be like, we're just digging dirt. Like this is, this is an okay activity for a little boy. Um, There are pictures of him at Halloween in his bear suit and then he fell over. So we had a roly poly bear. Um, And then I let everything go dead. I don't pull it up until after Halloween so that we can create. A scary path for the trick-or-treaters. And I swear, that's like one of the coolest things about Ben. I never saw this coming. Yeah. But he's got this horribly frightening mask that he loves to wear. Oh. It's sort of Freddy Krueger-esque, but nondescript. And there are two kids that come by every year and they still have a reaction to him. Even as they get older, they still have this physical, Ooh. like they put their hands out, yeah. stop, no, I'm not going up there. 
And of course they always do, but they yeah. still struggle with it. Yeah. And he, like, he adds to it. We've got mock tombstones. We've got, oh, you know, like cross yes. tombstones. We've got, and I think I painted the names on them with nail polish. Oh, man. Like just they're yeah. ridiculously yeah. old Wild West looking. Yeah. And then he got a fog machine and oh, then he got a flickering light. You're like, like, I did not know you were this person that <laughs> goes all. all out for Halloween. Not And who would have thought your beautiful garden in the, the summer turns into this scary place? It's awesome, though. Yeah. Like these kids are out of their wits. And yeah. then uh, they'll call from the sidewalk. I, you don't scare me. And Ben will get up and say, come on. And of course, then they keep going. Oh. <laughs> I would have been like, for the candy, I must, I must go. Usually they find their way back. Yeah. But they, um, they look twice. That's funny. It's kind of, it's cute. So one of the last things you talked about, um, someone asked, hey, you always post pictures of your individual flowers. I want to see the whole garden. And I thought your response was interesting yesterday. You talked about how, well, you just live on like on a little, you know, town, little street and you're right by the road. And I thought that's even more impressive (laughs) because, you know, we always have excuses. I can't do such and such because I don't live in such and such, you know, or I, you know, whatever it is. And so I thought the fact that you don't have acres and acres and acres, you know, of this wild flowers blooming that you, you know, use what you have and you make it. A wonderland. I thought that was so cool. Well, I decided to share it. You did. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I withheld that because mm-hmm. really, in the big scheme of things, you all see what's there, mm-hmm. but I see what's not there yet. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole lot missing that you can't see, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I focus on... Well, I focus on on small, detailed things Mm -hmm. for a couple of reasons. One of them is that's how I can still fall into that sense of wonder. Mm -hmm. It's The flowers are not so big in my space as I was when I was six. Mm -hmm. So that is part of me being able to fall back into that experience of there is so much more. It is so much greater Mm -hmm. happening than I than I see mm-hmm. typically. The other part of it is, you know, I have a humble abode, mm-hmm. and and you know, yeah. it's not grandiose. It's a little rambler. It's um, to me, it's a palace. I I, I bought it by myself. I was going to say, I think it's perfect, and uh, it has a purple door and a bright orange shelf on the front porch with mm-hmm. uh, pillows that sort of tie them together, tie the colors together. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I would like to see the garden wrap around so it's almost like a little privacy fence. And yeah. um, like I said, I see what's not there yet. It's yeah. not finished. Why, yeah, why, why would you want to see that? Um, yeah. But more than anything, I, I want people to stop when they see my pictures. I like knowing that there are people who stop for a second. Mm-hmm. Wow. I haven't ever seen that ladybug or I haven't Mm -hmm. seen that kind of a leaf pattern. Mm -hmm. I was uh, weeding the other day and saw that, you know, when you're under a hosta looking up, that's a completely different set of Mm -hmm. patterns. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, you know, how many people pay attention to that? How many people realize, you know, a bug's life is not just a movie? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Good pull. (laughs) I, um... I love that, though. And I like your honesty and vulnerability with that because, you know, we say it all the time, you know, your Facebook is the higher light reel and yada, yada. And there's a difference between, I don't know, just acknowledging it and actually doing it. And I feel like even with the podcast, having people now come to my my studio, M&M Exteriors Home Studio, (laughs) um, like I'm letting people into my home and there are people that I, you know, it's kind of like, okay, you haven't known me forever. You don't know. I mean, I used to have a problem with babysitters, not problem, but we kind of had our, our regulars and the honest reason, I mean, you might think it's like, oh, because these are the only trusted few or whatever. No, it was because I felt like the house was a mess and I'm kind of a mess and I wasn't the mom that had the food prepared and, you know, everything. It was just like, and I think because I was just so overwhelmed with having my kids, my one friend's daughter was like our first babysitter and I literally 
think she was probably 12 at the time. And the kids were like babies. And I would just be like, bye, we'll be back. Like figure, I mean, not babies, but you know, like yeah, I literally I was like, figure it out. There's food in there. And she was so awesome. She did it. And so just for years, it's been like, oh, I just, I didn't have my act together enough to do all that kind of stuff. And so I had a hard time thinking of having other people come into my, you know, space and be like, well, if it's not that clean, like if it's dirty, but people know us, they'll know like, oh, they're, you they'll know, get fine. Over it. Yeah, they'll get over it. I just had a hard time. And I think, you know, the older you get and whatnot, you just don't care as much. And it's like, whatever, this is us. Like, this is who we are. And, you know, the more honest we are, it helps. But at the same time, I was thinking, you talked about the flowers and I thought, you know what? It's good you pulled back the curtain and showed the big picture because I think it's inspiring to people to see that like, oh, she doesn't have this, you know, mansion in the South full of all these flowers everywhere. It's She has a normal house, just like me. I have a normal house. And so I think it's good to just, you know, this is what you did. You bloom where you're planted. You made the best of what you, you know, where you are. But also at the same, that doesn't mean you have to show it like that every day. Right. So you can choose to zoom in. And it's almost like sharing our story. Yes, let's share the real stuff. But that doesn't mean we always share our stuff. You know, it's okay to have the highlights. There are some things that are just private. Yeah. I mean, you can catch a glimpse of the forge, but I didn't make sure that that was front and center. Mm. You can catch a glimpse of our gotta bright go back and red shed, but we didn't go visit it. Yeah. Um, it. There's, a, there's a raised bed garden in the backyard that um, I think Ben and I are quietly non-verbally arguing over who's got the turf. Oh, what was he um, want to do with it? I think he would love it if we would do vegetables. Oh. And yeah. I really should sort of yield to that because <laughs> I've pretty much taken over everything else. Yeah. But um, there are native species plants that are cropping up there and I just so can't funny. let it go. Oh, uh, so so this plant called spider wart that yeah. you, you read about in books or you see in... Um, like herbal remedy type things. I had never seen one, had no idea what it was. And I've got like a bumper crop of these bad boys. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're a really interesting, strange sort of alien to me mm -hmm. um, fauna. They're, I mean, they're very angular. And then they have these just sweet trefoil type flowers mm -hmm. um, and then when they kind of die on the vine if you will and go to seed they look like a bunch of little bells mm -hmm. so I've, I've gotten a little infatuated with them <laughs> and I can I can honestly tell you that as I researched it they should be very easy to move mm -hmm. and and reposition mm -hmm. but I can't bring myself to do it just yet mm -hmm. there are creatures living in that all of a sudden native species space um, the only non-native species in that thing is about 200 daffodils. Hmm. So when they die back, these things start popping up all over the place. Um, that's where the cilantro came from. It was oh. one of those, yeah, let's plant that here because Ben wants a vegetable garden. And then the next thing I knew, we had like, you know, half an acre of cilantro in this, yeah. you know, 10 foot, 10 square foot. I wouldn't even think though, you talked about like the natives, like the species living. I'm like, what are you even talking about? Like, I would never even think of that, <laughs> which is why I like people that share their perspective. Cause I'm like, I would have just pulled that out. Well, I wouldn't I have done think anything. I might have. Honest. I, I think I might have. <laughs> I would not have gone out there. Who am I kidding? <laughs> like that would not have happened. So yeah, maybe I, one day. I but. mean, you know, you can learn a lot at the Fauquier Education Farm. Jim Hankins is an encyclopedia of my plants. Just telling me and that's that that's such an impressive. You know what I like what you said? So kind of like a, a takeaway is that you were, you know, and today too, like so with hearing about your passion and how important it's been to you. Um and helped you mentally through things. I mean, I feel like either, you know you inspire people to want to take up gardening or to find their own thing. And so I like the idea of focusing on one flower because I felt, I feel overwhelmed. I, I can definitely do the spread the wildflower seeds. I am all over that. Um, <laughs> as far as the next thing, I was actually thinking about my sister-in-law. She got really into orchids and just tending orchids. Um, I was, you said, think of a flower you love. So for me, it was the bleeding hearts just ever since I was little. I don't know if it was because like I'm yeah, a kid you and have I like great quartz. shade here. Oh, good. So that could, so then I thought like, what if all I focused on was the bleeding hearts? Um, so I think for takeaways, you if, could do that you know, with hostas and astilbes and people would think you were the most amazing gardener ever. 
Okay, I'm gonna have to write that down. I'll just I'll, I'll note it. it yeah, um, stillbees like shade also, but they yeah. have sort of um, jagged edge leaves. Yeah, and the hostas are big and rotund and sort of full. Yeah, but the bleeding hearts will fade back a little bit after their bloom. Mm. Um, but they're so delightful, right? With their, I me mean, happy. they're perfect. Yeah, they're perfect. They seem like a good thing. So I might have to look into that more. All right, so I'm going to ask you some, so we have wrap-up question. Okay. Not related to what we talked about. Oh, awesome. So I'm all about conversation. I'm all about chatting. So it's a. it could be a three-part question or you can pull one from the three. Oh, boy. So it's what conversation do you need to either start having, stop having, or continue having? So what is something that is on your mind that you either want to stop thinking about, start talking more about, or you just want to continue it because you're there. Are these conversations with myself or Anything. with others or with the universe? Anything. Serious or facetious. Anything. So I think the number one conversation that I should stop having is any conversation about another person who mm. is not in the room. Mm, that's a good one. Unless it is to spread joy, joy and yep. laughter and um, and it's something that's it's tough to do, but the um, the Aborigine in the outback of Australia have a law, if you will, that you cannot tell a story that you didn't actually witness. Wow. So if an if a visitor from another tribe comes and uh -huh. says, I want to share this story with you, they can tell the story if they've witnessed it. But if they haven't. But more importantly, you can't say, oh, this happened in that tribe. Your story has to has to be so and so from this tribe came to visit us and it was a really nice night and we were around the yeah. fire or we were doing what we were doing and he shared this experience. Oh. But you have to give credit and you have to be mindful yeah. that it's not your story. No creative licensing at out all in the outback. And I thought that was a really, really beautiful lesson uh, and an, an articulate lesson. Yeah. So I would say that's the one conversation I should stop having. I like um, that. Whether it's, you know, I, I shouldn't let other other people invade my mind space. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. And the, uh, the conversations that I should start having are really about what can I do next to help the people in my life feel more empowered. I have a daughter going away to college. She is going a million miles away. Yeah, yeah. I have another, a daughter right behind her that's about to graduate from high school in 2020 and they're I, only a year apart they're only well they're 18 months apart but a grade apart mine are 17 months apart but they're a, two apart it's a cool or, dynamic yeah oh i love it it was hard i don't know about you with those it was first hard. few years well hard. that's why i started gardening yes. let's get outside yes. do anything and that's why i started play groups which <laughs> were little see i was like see you've always been flushing it out exactly <laughs> oh my gosh yes but i think it's uh i i think really there's there's such this negative negativity going mm -hmm. on right now whether whether it's politic or whether it's social it doesn't matter like i have no control over the grisly things human beings do to each other mm -hmm. i have control over what i do to other people yeah and as my girls leave the house and the safety of that nest yeah um i i want them to go out with their eyes wide open but i also want them to go out knowing that they have everything they need mm -hmm. and they shouldn't wait until they can do it perfectly oh, yeah. to start doing it. Yeah. Um and the convicting. <laughs> the um the courage to to start the business, you, you know, the only thing that held me back is well, I'm not ready. Well, I don't really know how to do this. I'm not perfect mm -hmm. at that. I'm not great at that. I have these great ideas, but I don't really have the chops mm -hmm. or the pedigree. Yeah. And then I started to realize in my own garden, I didn't know what the heck I was doing yes. when I started. Yeah. Now I'm talking to you about, <gasps> do you want to talk about flowers or natives or? And I'm um, like, uh, beep, boop, bop, bop, bo. <laughs> <laughs> right. Go back to talking Spanish, Kate. Um, so I think anything that empowers us to move forward is yeah. a better conversation, um, period. I love that. 
That's so convicting because <laughs> I'm like a secret perfectionist. I'm a procrastinating perfectionist. So I learned that about you. Yeah. You gave me an assignment and said, how do I start moving forward with this job that I've been given? Mm-hmm. And all I did was literally give you a map, right? Yeah. That's all it was. And the next thing I knew, you're doing these crazy cool things like social media contests and getting engagement on that page and thanks to you being very spontaneous but they're all your ideas and they're just you just needed 21 days of habit forming yeah positive habit habit forming and then now look at you go that how cool is that how cool did that feel when you started to just sort of hit your stride and Wing it. And it was awesome. Oh, well, that makes me feel good hearing it. As you know, (laughs) words of affirmation are definitely my love language. But that but you helping though, and once again, something that was not a big deal to you, but I just I'm definitely, I need that hand holding initially. Um, even with this podcast, like I kind of have, I'm very grateful for a support system, you know, people encouraging me and loving me, because that is kind of the thing I don't talk about. Um, but I do talk about, so talking about it publicly here is, you know, like I have a fear of, you know, screwing up or not doing good. And even with being recorded, I have a hard time with recording my thoughts or opinions and things like that. But Rebecca Bertram, my first guest said something very life-changing for me, which was like, I reserve the right to be wrong. So it is okay for me to be wrong. And I have to keep telling myself that over and over again, because I never want to say anything wrong. I never want to you know, I used to have a joke when I journaled as a kid. I didn't really journal, but I would find diaries and journals of one page. And so I found one from fifth grade and it was um, written in pen and it said, you know, whatever, I'm in so-and-so's class and these are my friends. And then it said, I have a crush on, and then there was this pen writing stopped. And then it was pencil because I wrote the boy's name in pencil. <laughs> And then when I decided I didn't have a crush on him, I erased it. And then I wrote the new name there. Wow. Too bad tattoos aren't like that. Oh, my gosh. Well, why do you think I never got a tattoo? You know, and even now playing around with the idea. I mean, I'm shocked that I'm even considering it. But um, I just couldn't believe that, like, in fifth grade, I because I've always joked I have commitment issues, except with my husband. Um, but, like, yes, the thought of a tattoo, like, oh, my gosh, I can't. It's not like the tattoo. It's the permanent of it, you know, and I don't know if it has to do with growing up moving around, but even like I said, even journaling, I know that there's growth in it and we're supposed to do it. But I think if I'm being honest, there was a part of me that thought, I don't want to look back and see that I thought, you know, that or whatever. Like if I say things and it's not recorded, it's like dust in the wind. So I'll tell my poop story. I'll tell this, whatever. I don't care. Cause like, it's just dust in the wind. If it makes you laugh at it, you know, you take what you want from this. But now this is like a whole new level of recording it. And, you know, going back and realizing, or you're like, if opinions change, oh, like that was very stressful. But as Rebecca said, I reserve the right to be wrong. So I need to kind of... I reserve the right to grow. Exactly. Um, I will, I would like to share this story and that it's being recorded is, is really important. Uh, when I was in my late 20s, I started taking ballroom dance lessons mm-hmm. because a very dear friend of mine had been diagnosed with MS. Mm-hmm. And he came in to the coffee shop one day and said, hey, everybody, here's a flyer to take, you know, tango lessons. And we all kind of ha-ha'd. He said, well, I would like to learn how to tango before I can no longer walk. Well, boy, did we feel like absolute jerks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have definitely censored how we actually felt. But yeah, let, it, oh, yeah. let that suffice. So we started oh, yeah. taking these, these dance lessons oh. together. He was terrible. <laughs> And it was absolutely brilliant. Um, But I will tell you that 20 years on, he's still walking. He is still living independently and he is still functioning and doing. He works on a farm all through the summer in upstate New York and gardens and farms and harvests and hay bales and the whole bit. That's amazing. It's really, it's interesting that he decided he needed to learn how to dance before he could no longer walk. Because I'm sure it's kept him walking. I bet. That was a sidebar. The point Mm -hmm. is that I was learning how to foxtrot. And I had been paired up with this gentleman named Arthur, who I suspect was in his 70s. And Arthur 
clearly had done this a time or two. Oh, well, hey. Um, you know, just by virtue of his age, he knew this dance far better than I did. And I said, I, I'm just going to apologize right now. I'm a beginner. You clearly know what you're doing. Um, so I, I, I'm just sorry. Right up front, Ugh. I'm a beginner. Yeah. And he said, my dear, I have been a beginner for 70 odd years. Never forget that. Mm. And I just, I had the greatest dance of my life. Mm. And, um, and I have never forgotten Arthur's words. We're always beginners. Yep. It's how we look at life. And I hope, you know, 20 years on, I really sincerely hope that Arthur is still dancing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he was just some guy I met in a dance class. Yeah. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like we kept in touch. But that that conversation has endured through time. Wow. We're always beginners. My dear, I have I have been a beginner for 70 wow. whatever years. I love that. That's so good. Well, thank you for coming today. Thanks for having me. This is amazing. I, I got to hang out with Hankers, the the Whoopie Dog. Yeah, and uh, now he's smiling in his sleep. So he's, clearly, I've talked oh him to gosh. death. No, oh my gosh, he's like the little <laughs> studio mascot. He's so sweet. So, how can people find you to learn more about you, what you do? You can find me on flourishwithkate.com. You can find me uh, at a Team Win networking event. You can find me um, at an SBN networking event from you know from time to time. Um, I I work out of my car, <laughs> so you can email me. But it's easier to just go to the website than get through all of the the names and so forth. Um, flourishwithkate.com is the best way to to find Great. all my resources. Perfect, and we're in Northern Virginia. We are. I'm sure if someone wanted to pick your Oh, I am outside, worldwide. Yes. Me and Pitbull. Gonna, yes. <laughs> <laughs> worldwide. I, I wish if we if we had the money for the thing, we could start playing him right and now. And I but. really want you guys to know that if um, if the dream that Ben and I have of relocating ourselves to Puerto Rico ever comes to fruition, we will have an M&M Exteriors <laughs> sound booth there, um, except ocean crashing instead of white noise. Oh, I love it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That would be my dream. Well, yeah, I'll have to work on my garden. You can work on your podcast. Yes. Oh, I love it. Oh, remote. Oh, I can't wait. Yay. Thanks, Kate. Thank you. I did save a woman's life once. See? I, I think I remember hearing that. Yes. The amount of pride I feel for such things, I feel like this is why I don't think I'm capable of doing great truly great things like curing cancer or something because the amount of passion and pride i feel so a woman came out of the bathroom we were at a concert or actually like a comedy thing but it was at like a staple center type place and she had her dress tucked into the back of that's her the thing. one and i walked over and i was like excuse me you have your dress you know tucked in and oh my gosh thank you so much and you would. I should have just left it at that. I I should have just gone back to my husband and my friends and just like whatever. And I came back and I'm like, you guys, I saved a woman's life. She was about to walk out of the bathroom with her skirt. And then you performed CPR, right? Yeah. I did on her pride and her dignity. That's true. So that's true. But I can't just let it be. Like my husband on the other hand, he like pulled someone out of a ditch once. He went to work. Someone was in the ditch. He pulled him out, went to goes work, on to work, things, doesn't say a word. It's like two days go by and he's like, oh, yeah, I pulled some out of the ditch. And I was like, what? I un I help a woman get her dress out of her legs or her, her tights or whatever. And I'm like, I saved the world. And you literally <laughs> saved someone. And, you know, you're like, like, well, it's not a big deal. I'm like, oh, this I'm not capable of oh, performing like such acts of her heroism. <laughs> My daughter said something the other day. I don't know what I did. And she saw me do it and she said, you know, I did something nice for someone the other day. <laughs> like, you go, Blondie. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I fixed the toilet, um, the um, paper towel dispenser at the local Mexican restaurant. And I spent about five. Hectors. Hectors. Oh, I love Hectors. Yeah, let's get Is a that plug. Good? Oh, oh, we love gosh. it. Yeah. It's like mm. our favorite. Um, and because it's awesome location. Mm. Great. They love the community. They love welcoming you. Know what? As you. hungry as I am, I'm on my way. Why did you do that? <laughs> I would give you food. Good. Um, but yes, I. Because I'll crunch the paper. That's okay. That's the fun of it. Um, the paper towel. <laughs> so what are we doing? DMSR now? Yeah. Is that what? It is? Oh yes, I just learned about that. Take your sip of water and go. 
Oh. <laughs> Wait, there it is. So, um, but anyway, the paper towel dispenser, it was kind of snagged in there. And so it wouldn't, it was kept getting backed up. So I meticulously just went and pulled and pulled over here and pulled over there and pull, pull, pull. You saved the world. And it got, yes, it got flowing. And I walked out like, you're well, I should probably eat here for free for the rest of my life. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. My work here is done. Like, I'm not capable. It comes across sarcastically. So it's like, haha, look at me. I'm so silly. But internally, I'm like, no. No, I really, I really should did. Have like, tacos. Excuse like, me. Can forever. I speak to the manager, please? Yes. I literally. No, nothing just is did. wrong. I just saved this restaurant. I just totally saved this. And um, maybe that's what does qualify me as a millennial or something. You know, people give hard time. Like, I do want my recognition. Like, I, I did we all want to be thanked for something. Yeah. Like, I, if you hold the door open for somebody, don't you Say think you deserve you. a thank you? Mm-hmm. Yes, just like when you let them in, you want the little wave that says yes. thanks for letting me in. When you, you know, flash your lights at a trucker, I want you to flash me your tail lights. Yes. I'm glad you said tail lights because yeah. I was like, where are you going with this, Kate? <laughs> <laughs> if I flash mine, I want you to flash yours. <laughs> well, there's not enough reciprocation in the world. <laughs> No equal opportunity is not not dead. When my girls are working at um, Shameful Plug, is that all? No, okay. Carousel Ice Cream in Warrington. I didn't know they worked there. Um, it, It it astounds them how many people will not take the free pup cup for their dog. It's free. Is it a dollar? Oh, I don't know. It might be a dollar. Wow, but that's it's still not. Good, it's though. not like crazy. It, I mean, it's yeah. it's really it's it's cute as heck, and yeah. you should do it. Yeah. Um, but it really torches my one daughter in particular when you come in and you get a cone and a sundae and a Waterloo, and you know you've got thirty dollars worth of ice yeah. cream, and you won't get your dog a pup cup. But what like, if they're lactose intolerant? That they can <laughs> still take the dog bone. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. It's still ice cream for God's sake. Yeah. And then you get actually, the ice cream. I think yeah. I, I'm gonna actually do that from now on, like because the kids get theirs and I usually don't get anything. But I was like, Hank ate ice cream the other day, and it took him forever because he's not a lab. So he just lick, lick, yeah, lick, sweet, lick. soft. So I'm like, I'm taking the bones off. I'm taking some bites, and then I'll give him the rest. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but when they, they get frosted at, when at, others yeah, don't. and at the end of the night when when they share the tip <laughs> jar, um. You know, they can remember, this is horrible to say, but they remember that person that made the difference. Mm -hmm. There's always that one person in the shift who uh, shows up, maybe he gets one or two ice cream cones, but there's a $10 tip or there's something. But Mm -hmm. the difference it makes for those kids Mm -hmm. is, it's huge. I mean, it changes their world. Yeah. They can go out to Frost Diner afterwards and, yeah. and spend time together. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got gas money. I've always said that everyone should work in a customer service field. Um, and so for me, like, but working for tips, you just kind of remind me that because I bagged groceries growing up. Hopefully the, the tax people do not come after me. Um but so, and you just, it used to be, I don't know how it is now on the army bases, but you just worked for tips. And so like there's days, you know, where it was busy and you then there's serving days your wasn't. country. This is the woman who saved the world. Yeah. You right. know, I bagged <laughs> groceries. Um, and we oh took it seriously. Gosh. We had a, the guy who trained me, I mean, he like legit trained, like I took that seriously. I dreamed about it at night, like Tetris. It was the items coming down and I would bag your bathroom products together and your frozen items together. Cause I wanted you to go yes. home and, you know, take this to the freezer, take this to your bathroom linen cloth, you know, took it very seriously. Mm. But we should. the Tetris theme behind all of that. <laughs> we can't afford that. <laughs> I was thinking more Frogger. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, but I, but working for tips though, I think that made you appreciate, it does. you know, getting it. And then it you do think does. that like, man, they only got a bag. They got, you know, a bag or two and they gave me five bucks where I did two carts worth and didn't get anything. And it's got not like, one, yeah. And it's not that you want to harp on them, but it was just, it made you like, wow, that was really generous. So and- that brings it all back full circle. That's mm-hmm. that space of coming at the world from a, a, a position of abundance or a, mm-hmm. a viewpoint of there is so much. Yeah. I have to give a little a little of it back out. Yeah. And um and I think some people really exude that. I'm I know I I talk about it and admire it and I wanna be that. And I feel like in some areas I might be, but then I know in other areas I'm more 
fearful or scarcity, you know? So that's kind of something I keep replaying over and over in my head. wanting. To... So that's, that's the lesson, right? Yeah. You know, when it keeps coming back to you, that's the lesson. And that's a wrap for now. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. Music provided by twinmusicom.org. Song titled Night at the Dance Hall. Sound editing by me, Jeremy Spittle. A special thanks to our studio sponsor, M&M Exteriors. Visit their website at mmexteriors.com for all of your roofing, siding, and gutter needs in the Northern Virginia area. Visit our website at flushingitout.com and be sure to subscribe. This has been a Spitfire production. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard.